Thanks for checking out Church on the Rock's message this week. We would love to help you take your next step in knowing God better. The best way to do that is visit cotr.org slash next steps. Or if you're not near our physical campus, visit our online community at cotr.org slash online. Enjoy the message and know that God is for you. Hope you have your Bible and something to take notes with today. And if you open your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter 3, we're in a series on a prayer for 2024, a prayer for 2024. And our, our model around here, you see it out in the lobby, you see it everywhere, is that God does have more in store for you in 2024. But along with that, the enemy is not going to just let that happen, the devil and his kingdom. He's not going to just let that happen. I believe we're going to see a year that like we've never seen before in the natural. It's a year of election, and there's a lot of strife and contention. Uh, there are over 40 nations that are having elections this year. Wars are starting up. Things are happening uh, like we've never seen before in our nation. I believe we're going to see persecution, opposition, adversity like we've never seen before. There's a war on truth the truth that you and I believe in, the scriptures. There's a war on biblical values. There's a war on the family. There's a war in every facet, almost an arena of our life. So my assignment as your pastor teacher who loves you dearly and prays for you every day is to prepare you and arm you, not scare you, but prepare you for this coming year. So I wanted to give you a prayer to pray at the very beginning, this is a prayer that I prayed for you this morning. You know, Ephesians, the Apostle Paul wrote it while he was in prison. And we looked at chapter one two weeks ago. We found out our privileges, our position, and our power. If you weren't with us two weeks ago, go back to that teaching, that service, and catch up with us. I think it will be a blessing to you. So I want to pick up today in part two, and we're going to go to Ephesians chapter three. This is a prayer of Paul. Now, when you pray the word, you're always praying the will of God. You can't, you can't miss. You can't go wrong when you pray scripture. So when you pray the word, you're praying the will of God. So you take this prayer that Paul prayed and you personalize it and you pray it over you and your family. I do this every day over my family and over our church family. So we're going to do expository teaching. That means we're going to go verse by verse and we're going to pull out a truth that you and I can apply to our daily life. Sound okay? So Ephesians chapter 3, the guys have put it on the screen, verse 13. We're going to begin here, the Apostle Paul. Wherefore, I desire that you faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. So he's about to give them a prayer because they're faint and weak and wavering. And many of them, because of the persecution and the adversity they're going through, Christians are being martyred, okay? Paul is in prison, but Christians are being martyred for their faith outside in Ephesus and that surrounding uh, community. And so they're weary, and many of them are faint, discouraged, and depressed. So this is a great prayer to pray when you're feeling down, when you're feeling weary, when you feel like wavering, when you feel like quitting. What a great prayer to pray. So he said, I desire that you faint not, don't give up at my tribulations 
for you, which is your glory. You know, if we, if we stay on track, and whatever we're going through, whatever trial, whatever test, whatever tribulation that you and I are going through, if we'll stay on track, then God will turn it around for his glory and you're good. For his glory and you're good. In fact, let's just say it together. What I'm going through, God's going to turn it around for his glory and my good. Oh, can we thank him for that? Can we thank him for that? Glory to God. So, you know, the Greek language was written in picture form. A lot of pictures in the Greek language. And for that word tribulation, I looked it up, and it actually is the picture of climbing a mountain on a narrow path. And on one side, you have, you know, the steep grade where there's nothing there. On the other side, you have the side of the mountain. That's the picture, the Greek picture for this word tribulation. And what it's talking about here, what it's trying to convey is that you might be going through a trial or a tribulation. And Paul is saying, don't look down. Don't look to the right or the left, but keep your eyes on the path and stay on the path and don't go back. Don't quit. Don't waver, but follow the path to the very end. Finish your course. Get through what you're going through. Let God take it and turn it for his glory and you're good. I can relate to that. We just came back from California on a little vacation and we were climbing mountains out there and we were going up pretty high. And I remember one path we were on, on this side, there wasn't anything there. It was nothing there. On the other side was the side of the mountain, very narrow path. And I can remember somebody saying, just keep looking at the path. Just keep looking at the path. Don't look over here. Don't look over there. Don't try to go back. Just press through, push through. Don't faint. Don't quit. Don't give up. Press through. Trust God. Keep your eyes on him, and he'll turn it around for his glory, and you're good. Verse 14. Let's don't patty cake. Let's give the Lord a thank you for that. For this cause, I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, notice he refers to God as Father. I told you, if you were with me two weeks ago, in the Old Testament, God was never referred to as Father. He was referred to as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It wasn't until the New Testament, the New Covenant, that he became a Father. So, like for you and I today, if we're in the family of God, he's our Father. If I'm not in the family of God, He's not my father. He's God. So the good news is, if you're born again, if you're a believer, if you're in the family of God, he's not only God, but he now is your father. Oh, I like that relationship. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the posture. Notice that he's, let's see if I can do a lunge here. Whoa, look at that. Whoa. 70, that's not bad. Thank you, Jesus. So notice that he's kneeling down, and that posture is a posture of humility. It's a posture of humility. And so it's really important that we don't miss this. Yesterday, I'm listening to a book, an audible book, about a former uh, Marine drill sergeant talking about a principle that they were teaching the Marines, and that was this, humility before victory. Humility before victory. Jocko, the Navy SEAL, many of you have heard of him. He was a Navy SEAL. Now he's a businessman. 
He does uh, work for many clients, consulting. And Jocko, Navy SEAL, said the greatest leadership quality of a Navy SEAL is humility. Because when you're in the battle, you have to be teachable, you have to be adaptable, and you have to adjust. You have to be correctable. You have to be adaptable. You have to learn to adjust. Or can we say teachable? So it's really important for you and I to walk in victory. We have to also walk in humility. We have to bend and bow before the Lord and allow him to correct us, adjust us, and adapt us. Question, can you be corrected without getting upset? Can you be corrected without getting offended? That's huge in the Christian walk in 2024. For this cause, I bow my knee. Humility always comes before victory to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's praying now, verse 15. Next slide. Of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Notice, if we're in the family of God, now he is the Father, not just God. Old Testament, just God. New Testament, now Father. Old Testament, when God would deal with people, he dealt with nations. In other words, think about the book of Judges. When God wanted to deal with a nation, he raised up a judge. When God wanted to deal with a nation, he sent a prophet to a king or a queen or a leader. But now in the New Testament, God no longer deals with nations as per se, but he deals with individuals. He's an individual God today. Is that awesome or what? He knows your address. He knows your name. He knows where you live. He knows what you're going through. He knows what makes you happy and sad. He knows what's happening in your life right now. He knows the number of hair on your head right now. And let me just say this. God loves you. God's for you. And God has a plan for your life. The whole family. Well, come on, everybody. Thank you, Lord, for caring about us. The whole family. So I have a family on earth, and I'm a part of a family in heaven. And so are you if you're a born-again believer. Verse 16, that he would grant you. Now, he's going to pray for seven things. He's going to pray for seven things. And again, I'm giving you tools for 2024. You're going to face things you have never faced before in your life in 2024. Yes, God has more in store in 2024, but so does the devil. So does the enemy, all right? So you and I have to be armed and dangerous. We have to learn the art of war. We have to understand spiritual warfare. And notice right here, the first of the seven things he prays for is that you and I would be strengthened with might by his spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, in the inner man. So in this prayer, you're going to see the Trinity. You're going to see the Spirit, the Son, and the Father. And when somebody says, I don't believe in the Trinity, evidently they haven't read this prayer of Paul because he includes all three. The first is the Holy Spirit. So if you and I want an active, effective prayer life, we need to know the Holy Spirit, the Son, and the Father. Come on, somebody. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Amen that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might, that's dunamis power, by his Holy Spirit in the inner man. Now listen very carefully. 
you and I, as human beings, our spirit doesn't age, but our soul and body do. Our soul and our body age, but your spirit doesn't age. Notice he's talking about your inner man or your soul. Your soul is your will, your emotions, your thought life. So notice he says that we need to be refreshed and renewed daily in our soul. If not, as our soul gets older and age, it gets bitter, it gets calloused, it gets offended, it gets hurt and insensitive to the things of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You and I have seen Christians who started out right and good, but as they got older, that they didn't renew their soul and they got offended, they held on to it, and their soul was aging, but their spirit wasn't, but they weren't renewing their soul or mind daily to stay fresh, to stay sensitive to the things of God. And as they got older, how many, don't point at anybody, we don't have anybody here like this, but how many old Christians do you know they used to be on fire, they used to be in love with God, they used to have a first love, they used to serve God, they used to do this, but as they got older, they stopped going to church regularly. They stopped reading their Bible. They stopped being on fire. They got hurt. They got offended. They got wounded. They got upset. They got disappointed, and they weren't renewing their soul, so their soul was aging, and they acted like an old person. Come on, somebody. Amen. So that's why it's so important that you and I renew our mind in our one-year Bible that you and I renew our inner man daily because your soul ages, but your spirit doesn't. And if you don't keep refreshing it, it's going to get calloused and coarse and old and bitter. I could name to you, won't do it, famous preachers that I know that are gone now, that used to be on Daystar, used to be on TBN, PTL, that as they got older, they got bitter. They got angry in their older years because of hurt, offenses, lied about, talked about, criticized. And as they got older, they got bitter. You and I, that's not God's will for us. You and I are to finish strong with joy. Come on, somebody. So seven things. This is the first that he prays for, verse 17. Next verse, next slide, that Christ, now he's talking about Christ, the Son, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. So now he's praying for our faith. Our faith has to be refreshed. It has to be renewed. It has to be fed. It has to be strengthened. It doesn't grow on its own. It needs our cooperation. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you be rooted and grounded in God's love. Now he's praying for us to have the right foundation for our walk is the love of God. Verse 18. Then he says that you would comprehend with all the saints, notice the four dimensions of God's love, breadth, length, depth, and height. I did a series one whole month on that right there, the four dimensions of God's love, that we would comprehend or understand God's love for us and how big and how long and deep and high it is. Verse 19, next verse that we would know now not only that we would get a revelation of his love, but that we would know it or experience it, experience the love of God, which passes all understanding. 
And then he prays that you be filled with the fullness of God. Do you know there are different levels of capacity? I want to increase my capacity for more of God in 24. I know you do too, right? So we can enlarge our capacity. He wants us to be filled with the fullness of social media. Oh, no, filled with the fullness of God. So what he's saying is enlarge your capacity for more of God. Question, how big is your God? How big is your God? Because the size of your God determines the lid on your life. The size of your God determines the lid on your life. How big is your God? The great thing is we can increase our capacity for more of God. I want God to be bigger in my life, your life, the life of our church than ever in the last 40 years. Can I have an amen? How does God get bigger? How do I increase my capacity for more of God? How do I get a bigger God? How do I get a God that's bigger than my problems, bigger than my past, bigger than my unknown future? How do I increase and be filled with the fullness of God? Here's how. The fullness of God relates to his attributes. So when you and I focus on the attributes of God, God gets bigger and you get filled with God. Somebody should shout right there. Y'all understand what I just said? I know many of you are like me. I want more of God. I want a bigger God. I want to do great things. Those that know their God shall be strong and do exploits. I want to go where I've never gone before. I want our ministry to reach more people, help more people, do more things, walk through open doors. I just want more of you, God. I want to be filled with you, God, not the things of the world, not the cares of life, not the worries of life. I want to be filled with you, God. How do I do that? By focusing on the fullness or the attributes of God. So when I focus on, he's Jehovah Jireh. When I focus on, He's Jehovah Rapha. He's Jehovah Nisi. He's Jehovah Tiskanu. He's Jehovah Shalom. He's El Shaddai. When I focus on, he's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all loving. Oh, when I focus on the attributes of God, God gets bigger. My problems get smaller. I walk through doors. I take bigger steps. Oh, come on, somebody. Can we thank God, all of us? That's my prayer for you. I pray that this morning, that you would think bigger, that you would believe bigger, that you would talk bigger, that you would focus on the attributes of God, that you wouldn't be filled with the cares of life and the worries of life, fretting, worrying, upset, stressed out. I prayed this prayer. What is it? That you would focus on the attributes of God, that you would focus on who he is, what he's done, what he can do, what he's going to do in your life, and you get full of God. Oh, come on, somebody. I love it. Verse 20. Now he says, now unto him that's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, as the team comes out, above all that we ask or think. So notice God works through your asking, and God works through your thinking. God works through your asking, and God works through your thinking. As a man thinketh, so is he. Abundantly, above all we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Notice what he's praying for right here. This is number six. He's praying that you would reach for more, that you would dream for more, 
that you would reach for more. How appropriate for the motto of our church that God has more in store for you in 2024. This is a prayer for that to happen. God's saying, I want you to reach. I want you to dream. I want you to believe. I want you to confess, affirm, declare bigger than you ever have before in your entire life. Reach for more. God is a good God. God is a big God. God is a great God. According to the power, oh, I don't like this part. According to the power that worketh in us. So us determine what God can do, right? He is able only according to what power is working in us. So we limit God or we release God and what he wants to do in our life. What God's able to do is only what we can believe him for to do. What God is able to do is only what we can believe for God to do. And the power that's in you and I is the Holy Spirit and the scriptures, the Holy Spirit and the scriptures. So you and I want to stay full of the Holy Spirit and full of the scriptures. And when we do, we got power working on the inside. So when God comes to you with an open door or an opportunity, you rise to the occasion. You don't shrink back. You don't cow down. That you move forward unafraid into the unknown. Can we give God a praise? Woo Thank you, Lord. Verse 21, verse 21. This is the seventh thing he prayed for. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages, world without an end. Amen. What is the seventh thing? That the church would give God glory. That's why the church is important and how we do church is important and how we think of church is important because the church is supposed to not be rock stars, not build our own empires, or our own kingdoms, but the church is to bring God glory to his name and to who he is. Amen to everybody. Now, I want to go back in the Passion Translation as we get ready to close, and let's read this prayer in the Passion Translation. Let's go back to Ephesians 3.13, guys on the screen, the Passion Translation. My dear friends, I pray that you will remain strong. I prayed that for you today. And that you won't be discouraged or ashamed by all that I suffer on your behalf, for it is for your glory. Verse 14, so I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah. Verse 15, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. Notice, I don't know what kind of father you may have had or have in the natural, but if you're in the kingdom of God, if you're in the family of God, then God now is your father and he's a perfect father. Oh, I like that. Verse 16, and I pray, remember this is a prayer for you to pray in 2024 every day. I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and look at this, and of his favor. I prayed that for you today, that you would see, Pastor Kim said a while ago, this is a year of unlimited favor. Unlimited favor until supernatural strength floods you. Oh, I like that. With his divine might and explosive power. Isn't this rich in the Passion Translation? 
Verse 17. Then by constantly using your faith. By what? Constantly developing and using your faith. The life of Christ will be released deep on the inside of you and the resting place of his love. When you know how much he loves you, it creates a rest and a reliance and a dependence upon God. And the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Verse 18, Passion Translation. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all dimensions. Verse 19, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love? How enduring and inclusive is it? Endless beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled with an overflowing of the fullness of God. Watch this now, verse 20. Never doubt, never doubt. I said, never doubt. This is scripture. Never doubt God's mighty power at work in you to accomplish all of this. He will achieve intimately more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. Are you ready for God to surprise you and outdo it all for you in 2024? His miraculous power constantly energizing you. You talk about the energizing rabbit bunny, nothing on you. Verse 21, now we offer to God all the glorious praise that rises from every church in every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. And everybody said, amen. I'm done. So be it. Can you thank God for the word today? Thank you, Lord. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one moving. Everybody praying under your breath. Those of you online, you say, Pastor, I need God today. You heard about his love today. You heard about his greatness today. You heard about his care and compassion for you today. I want you to know that God loves you so much. He gave his only begotten son to die for you and to die for me. That we could be forgiven of our sin. That we could have eternal life. That we could discover and fulfill our purpose on this planet and yet look forward to the world to come. You say, Pastor, I want that. I want a relationship with God. Maybe for the first time, a recommitment. You're resetting your life for 2024. If that's you online, punch your smart device, punch the button, let us know. Faith is an act. If you need prayer, there are people standing by in the metaverse, virtual reality, and online. Now, in this room, in the lobby, the Rock Express, you say, Pastor, I want God's forgiveness. I want God's love. I realize that God loves me so much. He gave his only begotten son that I could be forgiven of my sin, have eternal life, discover my purpose in this world and the world to come. Pastor, I want a relationship with God. Or Pastor, I have, but I want to reset it today. Recommit, new level, new capacity like you talked about in 2024. Pray for me. If that's you, faith is an act, raise your hand right where you're at. Would you just put it up high? 
unashamedly and just wave it at me. All of heaven is watching. Thank you so, so very much. You can put your hands down. Church, let's pray for everybody here, everybody watching, for every nation that's watching. Let's all say together, Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. I repent of all my sin. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for me, and he rose again. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Take my life and make a difference. I will serve you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all look up and celebrate with heaven. Oh, thank you, Lord. What is your next step in your faith? Well, here at Church on the Rock, we would love to help you. Maybe it's to learn more about discovering what it means to belong to a church family, being part of a small group, or using your God-given gifts to serve others. Head over to cotr.org slash next steps where you can find out more to all of these. Or if you're part of our online community, visit us at cotr.org slash online. Have a great week, and don't forget that God is for you.